The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. And happy spring to you. I know. We're here. Spring has sprung. I- Yes, it has. It's been going on for a couple of weeks, but it's been so nice. Just, I just love going out on my dog walks with Rusty and just seeing all the different flowers and stuff that are coming in, all the blooming trees and some of my staff who are sneezing like crazy because their allergies <laughs> say, <laughs> are off the hook. <laughs> there is there is that. I went last year, I, I did a we did a bulb thing. So, you know, we planted three stages of bulbs mm-hmm. there's some early ones some middle ones and some mm-hmm. late ones is that and what the so, stages are well there you go the early <laughs> well the early ones they they were up you know the mm-hmm. first week of march they start yeah, popping like through the ground in february no t- uh, daffodils well daffodils do come in march well i'm these are up in february i mean they're blooming now of course full-blown right. blooming but yeah then there's tulips and things like that that'll be kind of coming mm-hmm. in not crocuses oh you didn't have any crocus no well i do but not? not voluntarily because once they're in, they're they're in. You're never going to get rid of them. <laughs> they're there forever. What's wrong with crocus? I don't know. They just they're, I love crocus. Me. Really? Uh, Are we talking about the same? Yeah, plant? The little short little blue ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just, don't have to be blue. Oh well. They're kind of there's lavender they are, they and white. To. Oh, I see. There's yeah. several colors. I think I, I just have they've they've always been there in any house I've ever lived in, and I just yeah I kind of get tired of them, so I want something new. Those are one of my. Favorites? Early favorites, oh, okay. because they're the they're the harbinger of, of spring. What's coming? Because a hellebore, mm. as mm-hmm. well as crocus, and then right behind that come the daffodils, right. and then the tulips, and then the tulips, and and you know as we have things opening up, we're hoping because cities like Laconer in March and April has its daffodil festivals the, usually going the on, festivals, and yeah. and they've had you know they've had a rough go of it mm-hmm. with COVID. Um, a lot of uh, very popular restaurants and shops have closed. Right. And so those people who are still there, they could need really, their support. They would love Absolutely. to have your support. And I also want to mention in the Anacortes area, if I may. I know what you're going to talk about. No, you don't. Oh, it's a clothing store. No, I was actually. Oh. So just <laughs> shut your pie hole over there. Okay. All right. I'll let <laughs> yeah. you get to it. See, this is what happens when you try and think like yeah. me. Right. Doesn't always happen. Right. Now, of course, I always love Tides of Anacortes. However,. I recently got to meet Brian Holmes, who is the owner of a new um, kind of wine bar and uh, charcuterie place there. It's called Black Bird Wine Bar. Oh, nice. And charcuterie. It's it, so lovely. And he originally had opened up and then got shut down immediately. He'd opened up and been in business like two weeks and then COVID happened. And then he had to find some other ways to kind of work around it. Yeah. But um, now that things are opening up, uh, he is... Very much uh, accessible if you are a boater like you and I. Uh, if you are at the Cap Sandy Marina, mm-hmm. it's very walkable because it's in the historic district down there. Yeah. As well as, um, you know, you can drive there, of course. Get out, you know, on I-5, hit Highway 20, head west. There you go, yeah. You can stop and, and say hi to Brian. He's got excellent. a wonderful selection of wines. That's really cool. And I'm sure that the sharks are really fresh at the charcuterie. So that's 
that's really cool. Totally what that means. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to give him a shout out because I, I got a chance to go up there a few weeks ago and he is absolutely lovely as a person and business owner and I uh, want to give him a shout out. You know, uh, Highway 20 has lots of good offerings all mm-hmm. the way from Anacortes. Bastion had, Brewery is another um, one. I was going to go with the train wreck in Burlington. I have heard of one them. Of my favorite places. Yeah. I, well, train wreck is totally right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> you never know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, there's yes. some things going on in the financial markets. I thought is it I should bring wreck? up. Yeah. Kind of speaking of train wrecks. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, there is a, a, a sudden rule that just came out by the secondary markets, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. That a impacts sudden rule? Yeah. Unannounced. Oh, okay. Like, did not give the industry any time to plan or adapt. And what Fannie and Freddie said in their infinite wisdom is that they are limiting the number of loans that a lender will sell to them for non-owner occupied properties and second homes. So why don't you uh, make that more like approachable for our listeners? Translate that a little bit. Okay. So if you're taking out a mortgage for a a property that is not your primary residence, if you're either renting it out Mm -hmm. or it's your second home, it's a vacation home, something Mm -hmm. like that, Fannie and Freddie have said, you know, to the lenders, we're we're not going to let you um, just unlimited sell us any of those types of loans. Mm -hmm. We're going to limit it to 7% of all the loans that you send us in in general. And that's for all banks. This is for all All lenders, lenders, banks, mortgage companies. Okay. Uh, Anytime you're taking out a conventional uh, mortgage, you know, by and large, that loan will most likely be sold to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying FHA and VA no. because those are required to be owner-occupied. Right. So yes. this is really so just kind of hitting the conventional realm. So con- what we call conventional conforming loans, loans that mm-hmm. are sold to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, which is almost all of them. 30-year fixed rates, 15-year fixed rates, you know, many mm-hmm. of the adjustables. So here's the immediate impact on that. Lenders have to reduce their pipeline of second home and non-owner occupied loans. And how do they do that? Hmm, by jacking up the rate. How much? Well, it's going to vary from lender to lender. You're really going to need to shop around for this type of loan. Okay. Um, I know that you know in some cases it might be uh, a 1% extra fee. I know some lenders that are charging extra fee or interest extra rate. Extra fee. Okay. Yeah, so percent of the loan amount. Okay. Uh, which could translate to a quarter percent higher interest rate. Okay. I know some lenders that are increasing their rates by a half a percent or more. So you really will need to shop around a little bit um, if you're looking at uh, financing or refinancing a okay. second home or non-owner occupied property. Okay. Well, before this slap in the face thing that you yeah. are saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the difference between owner-occupied and non-owner-occupied right. or second home rates yeah. prior? So, so for a second home, they've, they've always pretty much been the same rate as owner-occupied. You know, no difference. But mm-hmm. for a non-owner-occupied property, they've been, they've been higher. And it depended on the, the type of property. If it's a single-family mm-hmm. home, the rate was typically about maybe three-eighths of a percent higher. Mm-hmm. If it's a duplex, maybe a half a percent higher. Mm-hmm. If it's a three- or a four-unit property, then it could be three-quarters of a percent, you know, five-eighths, mm-hmm. three-quarters of a percent higher. So, so and this that's because they're higher risk. They're higher risk, yeah. And, and part of that makes sense. I mean, if I if I own my primary, I have a mortgage on my primary residence and mortgage on a mm-hmm. rental, and I get into financial distress, you know, which one am I going to make the payments on if I have to choose? You know, I'm going to make mm-hmm. the payment on my primary residence because that's where I live, right? And, and we we see that in the stats. You know, the foreclosure mm-hmm. rates are higher on yeah. non-owner occupied properties. Yeah. That's just kind of common sense. Uh, but this was unexpected. Now. 
the markets being the markets they are and lenders being mm -hmm. a pretty creative lot, uh, we'll come up with a solution to this. And there will be some alternative, uh, some private investors and things like that that mm -hmm. will come out in very short order, I'm sure, you know, to solve this problem. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to have a month or two where, you know, we're, we're, we're faced with higher rates for those types of properties. So just a heads up on that. You know, so does that mean that, you're suggesting people hold off or they just keep looking? Well, boy. I mean, because um, honestly, uh, there's a lot of people who are looking at second homes right now. I know. And a yeah. lot of people are also looking at those like Airbnb type things like, right. hey, I want to use this as a vacation home. But I also Absolutely. want it to make money, yeah. so Absolutely. I'm really going to buy it as non-interoccupied, mm -hmm. and maybe I'll book some of the time right. or whatever because they're they're thinking about the future. Right. Right. Well, I, I don't think I'd wait because we we still see home values and prices rising. Yeah. And we also have the perspective interest rates just in general going mm -hmm. up and not you know just separate from from this new. Yeah, that's the thing to me is like even if they do add a little bit onto the rate. Yeah. That cost of housing around here is growing yeah. much faster right. than the interest rates. And, and rates could, could continue to rise a little bit too. So you may, mm -hmm. may end up even worse off if, you know, by waiting. So I don't think I'd wait, but I, like I say, mm -hmm. I would shop around because not every lender is approaching this, this situation the same, the same way. Okay. So there might be some, some different. How might you mean? <laughs> Always happy to give you a quote. <laughs> I can do that. You can reach out to me anytime you want. Just uh, Eric at Eric is my banker.com. Mm -hmm. E R I C. And call me, 206-915-3742. Oh, I want to remind our listeners, because I think in the last couple of shows that we've done, we had forgotten to mention... Our class. Uh, that wasn't where I was going. Oh. Once again, you don't do a very good job of knowing what's in my head. Uh, oh. We will talk about our class in a moment, but reminding people that we do have a Facebook page for the Open House with Team Reba show. Mm-hmm. So yep. not only can we be found on podcasts, but we actually have a Facebook page where we're driving things like when we do have events like the class you were just about to throw out there. Yeah, can we talk about that? Yes. Let's talk about that now because now you know where you can go to find information about the class. That's right. If you have no class, we do. Oh, and the next one is going to be on Tuesday, April 13th from 5 to 7 p.m. And this is a... A, a class on how to be successful making an offer in today's insane market. Yes. Well, I mean, the primary thing is we're actually walking you through what it takes to make an offer, you know, how to look, write an offer. We do talk about the market conditions as well. That is one of the things about this class is that um, even though we've had them done in the past and some of those are available on our YouTube channel and through links that we have out there. Um, it does it does have some slight changes each time because the market does adjust, mm -hmm. right? So yep. I cover about an hour of material going over the real estate industry and what goes into an offer uh, along with all the elements included in that. And then you cover an hour of, you know, the lending side of mm -hmm. things, like what it really means to get the full underwrite and, you know, pre-approval process and then walking through the whole element of getting your financing Programs and options yep. and PMI and credit yep. and all that good and stuff. And then what happens during the transaction. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yes, it's great. Content. Well, the last show that we or not show the last class that we did, we've sent that uh, link out to that because mm -hmm. we're now recording these. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And 
we sent that out to numerous people who've reached out, not only the people who attended the class so they could go back and have it as reference material, mm -hmm. but then having that available to people who have contacted us in between, right? Because right. like, we don't do classes every week, mm -hmm. right? So right. Um, having that available for people as they need it, because we would love to have listeners there. But if you're not able to make it, also let us know because we can also send that content yep. to you later. You can watch the rerun. That's right. That's right. But well, we've got more Open House with Team Reba coming right back at you. Just got to take a real quick uh, break. So stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And you know what? Uh, what? Before the break, we were talking about, I mentioned, you know, second homes and non-owner occupied yes. properties going to have some higher interest rates. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we do see folks doing these days is refinancing their principal residence to pull mm -hmm. cash out. Oh, yeah. Folks have a lot of equity built up mm -hmm. and they're using that for remodeling. They're using that to consolidate debts, which can be a good mm -hmm. thing if your yes. rates are high on other Actually, stuff. I was just talking to a friend because he was hoping to buy a slip for his boat. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, when he did his refi a few months ago, he didn't oh. look into that option. Oh, so it's that. probably yeah. not well, not good now. But other folks are using that to pull money out to buy a second home or yes. a not, you know, a rental property. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just I, I wanted to mention this. It just kind of this one kind of cracked me up because uh, lenders, we, we want a letter of explanation from you to tell uh, what your plans are for the money that you're using. OK. And um, and it's none of our business, but um, but it, sometimes it's just a condition, a rule that we have to adhere to. OK. And we had a client um, write us a, a letter of explanation. I'm going to just read a little bit of it because I thought it was pretty good. OK. Um, I think believe this person is a, an attorney. He said, I bought and sold many properties over my lifetime. I bought some using cash, financed some, used lines of credit to make purchases, and I've even mortgaged my primary residence to make purchases. I've also used to providing the required documentation for all my bank accounts, the P&Ls, the balance sheets for all my businesses, commercial properties, and vacation rentals. The only thing I've never had to provide was what I intended to use the money for. I must admit that I went through a variety of emotions. <laughs> My first emotion was anger. With my impeccable credit history, what business is it of yours to ask me what I intend to do with the money? The second emotion was acceptance. Maybe I should just comply and let you know what financial deal I'm working on. This way I could prove that the money was being put to noble use and would not be squandered. The third was truth. The truth is I intend to go to Las Vegas. There, I will immediately be investing 10% of the money in the alcohol and the pharmaceutical industry. This will allow me the staying power to complete the rest of my investments. I'll be investing heavily in the futures market. I expect to find great opportunities at the craps table and in blackjack. When I've expended the capital allowed for this venture, I'll explore the opportunities in the adult entertainment arena. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here, I should be able to negotiate a contract that should not only be lucrative, but also have the possibilities of bringing home unexpected returns. Thank you for allowing me to borrow a large sum of monies to complete my lifelong goals. Honest to God letter sent oh. in to us. Oh, did he say this is the letter you guys can read and then I'll send one that the bank can read? Yeah, sincerely. No, I'm not going to give you his name, oh but I've got gosh. it right here. Oh, my gosh. I love how he says the bringing home thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah yikes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's 
that's humorous. You gotta laugh, it's, you know. Yes. Life's short, and yes. uh, well, you know what? The way it it's, goes. it's interesting because it, it does bring a point home. Uh, I had a client years ago. This was uh, just kind of at the beginning of the downturn um, back in 2007. And uh, Mr. Dunn, I still remember this gentleman. He made one of, well, yeah, he made one of my staff cry twice. That's why we fired him as a client eventually. Oh, boy. But, oh, yeah, he was not a friendly man. Uh, and he had a similar kind of response when we had him talking to a lender because he was buying some new construction out in eastern Washington. So I was going to sell his house here, and then he was going to take his equity and get a house built out there. And I remember him calling me up one day all in a huff because he was like, I can't believe the bank's asking for this. Mm, and, mm -hmm. you know, banking has changed. Yep. Lending has changed significantly. And because he took it as a source of pride, mm -hmm. I can kind of guess the age of the person that wrote that letter <laughs> um, just from that standpoint. Yep. Because one of the things that's really interesting, well, no, I'm just going to give you some other examples of things that have come up recently. This is totally unscripted stuff for our listeners because you and I didn't talk about me bringing this up on the show, but there's um, some certain kind of online lenders that we like to mock quite a bit mm -hmm. um, that it's interesting. A younger, you know, demographic of home buyer seems to have no problem, you know, throwing some stuff out, but they also believe anything they're told. Mm. Right. And, and don't realize or recognize like they, they don't get mad that they have to provide documentation. They're just, um, you know, they're usually looking for the easiest, you know, path of least resistance, right? Mm -hmm. So going to these apps and stuff makes it real simple, and then they kind of get sucked in, right? Mm -hmm. So, sure. you know, what, what ends up happening is people who know the system, like whoever this person is that you were just describing, they know it well enough and have been part of it long enough that they anticipate having all of that. Um, but this younger generation is just like they just believe whatever they're told also. And, right. and, and it's not a question of like, you know, how dare you, you know, cause there's, mm -hmm. they're also the same people who go blurt whatever they want all over, you know, Facebook or Instagram or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever TikTok or whatever their thing. Like, they're just like, everybody know what I'm doing, you know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit different, but I will say, um, I had to give this particular person some advice though around the, Ooh, please be careful with mm -hmm. who you're talking to right now because they have those ads out there to get the phone to ring, mm -hmm. basically, to right. get you to click on a button and to get your information and then pull you in. And they're not necessarily the best resource for mm -hmm. getting your lending. And and I, I gave them a couple of examples where that particular company had blown up in the face of clients I had been working with. Mm -hmm. To the tune of some, some pretty big oh, yeah. issues. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. I mean, really, really big issues. One where the deal was completely blown up and the customer had to come up with a large sum of money to complete closing, which was no small feat mm -hmm. given the amount of money. It was over a million dollars. Another one, it was suddenly a astronomical amount of closing costs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, aren't there kind of typically like averages that people should see? There are. Yeah, I mean, if usually, you know, your closing costs on a typical single family home, they're going to be six or seven thousand mm -hmm. dollars. 
And then there's going to be, you know, half of that are actual closing costs and half of that are reserves for property taxes and homeowners insurance, not really mm-hmm. fees, but yeah. know, all in roughly, you know, six or 7,000. Right. So, you know, if it goes above that, you it can, if you're paying points, you're paying a, a, a fee to get a lower interest rate, mm-hmm. or if uh, maybe some certain properties, the cost of an appraisal may be higher. Like if you go in right now, you negotiate a, uh, a purchase and you want to close in three weeks, you know, that is a fire drill. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have to request a rush of the appraisal and the appraiser is going to want a rush fee. And, and right, because you know, so they're putting you ahead of other people. Exactly. So your yeah. $800 appraisal now all of a sudden became a $1,000 appraisal right. or $1,200 appraisal, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So there's other situations where that, you know, that can change. But, but generally, you know, closing costs are all in. Say seven thousand dollars, half of that are closing costs, half of that are reserves for property taxes and insurance. Yeah, I. It's interesting you're you're giving that kind of number. I you know I always give kind of a percentage mm-hmm. to my customers, and, and maybe this is antiquated. And I guess you can tell mm-hmm. me here on air whether mm-hmm. we should modify what we talk about. But I get asked all the time, like, well, how much are how much should I expect? Mm-hmm. And I usually tell them that you know on average across the nation, it's usually about two and a quarter percent. Of the loan amount, mm. we're not we're not that high. I don't think it's that high around here. I mean, it could. I suppose it could be, but um, but if that's a national average, yeah. The thing about a national average, though, is is when you get east of the west coast, mm-hmm. we go from being east in, of the west coast. <laughs> we go that's from, most of the. <laughs> I don't know. Why I said that, but we, we uh, we're no longer you know on the west coast we're an escrow state mm-hmm. our closing costs are lower yeah the further east you go um, then you're going to see tax stamps attorneys fees right um, you know survey fees mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, termite inspections and right. things like that so so the the closing costs can be significantly higher you get way on the east coast they go way up you know, well it's worth actually municipalities have their fees it's worth mentioning that on our show though because mm-hmm. As you and I both know, watching what's been going on with our podcast numbers, mm-hmm. we have folks all over. We the got place. people from all over the U.S. Yeah. who are listening, That's and right. strangely enough, a whole bunch in Ohio. I'm <laughs> high Ohio, hey. Ohio. There you go. <laughs> so, um, okay, so because those numbers that I've been using came from a realtor's thing yeah, yeah. a long time ago, sure. and frankly, I don't mind still telling my clients about a 2% range because I just want them to save money. Yeah, absolutely. Better to under right? promise and over deliver. Yeah. I, yeah. I would rather have that. And I think part of it is because I still have some clients also working with mortgage brokers who mm-hmm. have a different fee structure. And so they typically are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of say, this is kind of roughly it. But it, as you know, it can also change from month to month mm-hmm. because like, you know, this is going to be out you know, I mean, we're in April, so guess what's due, right? right? Property yeah. taxes. Don't remind me. So, <laughs> yeah. So depending on what time of the year you're buying, your closing costs can adjust. Depending on what time of the month you're buying, your closing costs, because, right, you have prepaid interest. Mm-hmm. And if you're buying, you know, a $500,000, $800,000 home, mm-hmm. that's a significant daily sum, you know, that's right. accumulating, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, I guess I, I try to err on the higher side just to be like, just be prepared. Yeah. Just be prepared. If you have this, just make sure you have stuff set aside because I still run across uh, a lot of those first-time buyers who aren't thinking about how much closing costs will be on top of their down payment. Right. And then you find out they didn't really assign anything to the closing cost requirement. And the question of earnest money. 
Yes. You know, where's where's the earnest money coming in? You know, you and I, we work with some first-time buyers, mm-hmm. quite a few. I work with a lot uh, using a zero-down type program yeah. where they don't need a down payment. But they still have to write a check for earnest money. No seller is going to accept your offer without right. an earnest money deposit. Yeah. And, you know, in a zero-down program, you can actually technically get that deposit back. But you still got to be able to cough it up in the first place. Yes. And so where's that coming from? Yes. Needs to be some, some planning for that. I'm, I'm still stunned by the number of people who look at us like we're kind of crazy. We're like, okay, well, we're going to need to talk about earnest money. And they're like, what, what is that? And, and, and there's always that common confusion of it. Is that yeah. money above and beyond what I'm offering right. to pay? Right. It's like, no, it's just a portion. It's a deposit. Yes. Yeah. It's just to say, hey, seller, I want you to do business with me. So I'm putting this at risk mm-hmm. during the timeline that we'll be in contract together. Yes. So that if I just walk away, this is like my limited loss Mm -hmm. right Right. like you get this for your time because we know that your property is probably going to get stigmatized if i just walk off you know right i mean that's true it's totally true because i i ask every single one of our first-time home buyers you know i'm like what do you think when you see a property that was on market goes away and it comes back they're like what's wrong with it (laughs) exactly not always something wrong with the property that's for sure yeah that's right well nothing wrong with us here we're just happy to be here (laughs) Uh, we got to take a quick break, though. We're going to be right back. More Open House with Team Reba coming back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassett, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I want to thank you, by the way. Uh, Me personally or uh, our per- listeners? You personally. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Because, <laughs> Look how just, stunned I am. <laughs> you just, well, no, no. You just recently uh, helped us complete the sale of, of my dad's home. Yes. And, and, and yes, I did. And congratulations. You and your team sort of. did a, a phenomenal you know, job on that. We had Thank you. You know, multiple offers on it. I think we've talked before. We did not mm-hmm. accept you know, the, the highest mm-hmm. price. You know, we, 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 we took the one with the lowest risk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that should be encouraging for any of you out there that are bidding on properties, you know, because yes. it's not always the highest price. It is price not it's always the, the highest. That wins the deal. Um, you know, and, and there's so many logistics and things that go into, to, you know, selling a home and the mm-hmm. transaction. Fortunately, you had, you know, such perfect clients, you know, that um, my brother yes, and I you were and Lance. Uh, angels. And, you know, Absolute we, angels. But it, we kept it nice and clean and everything was No, actually, was I, good. I want to thank you. Well, because that's part of it. Right. You guys did a, a bunch of prep work, you mm. know, and as you know, you worked with our team to get paperwork and everything else yeah, going too. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, that's part of our value is, is helping through that process, but it, it really is a partnership. Mm-hmm. It, For it, sure. it has to be a partnership. There's a lot of logistics that go, that go into yes. selling a home and, and even just kind of the, the things to be prepared for. But mm-hmm. you know, the one thing I wasn't expecting, um, my, my dad, <laughs> not this, no, 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 not on you. Um, uh, my dad um, had a reverse mortgage on this property. Ah, and, okay. And yes, I was thinking it was going to be something else. No, no, no. My my dad, um, you know, went through a period of illness and he passed yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Within three days, I received a registered letter from the reverse mortgage company saying, "Sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Your loan is payable and due in full within thirty days, or or we will consider you in default and start the foreclosure Wait process." A how did they know? Because the death certificate hadn't even been. They knew immediately. And how? Uh, and I, it, I think that was maybe it's the minute the the death certificate was prepared. Okay. Okay. It, it goes into a you know it's recorded. Right. Boom. They 
Okay. That minute. Yeah. And and then it was at least... They probably have some kind of trigger set up. Yeah, because then every other day, literally every other day, was another threatening letter. And uh, it was it was pretty intense. And, uh, and those, A threatening letter? Yeah, saying you are in default and uh, you must pay us off. You know, if, if you're not able to pay us off... Do you there have are... any of those still? Oh, yeah, I've got them. Yeah. Would you get me one? Sure. Yeah. Re- or a couple of them? Of well, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. And part of it is just, I'm going to go back to, because um, we're going to have Darcel Lobo back on the show again. Mm-hmm. talking. Attorney. Yes, she's an attorney. And part of her practice is about estate and probate, mm-hmm. right? Right. And we were discussing part of the educational cl- you know, kind of content that I'm trying to create for people in right. their industry. And these are great examples. Mm-hmm. To give to the attorneys and family members that we work with, because I can imagine um, you happen to work in the industry, so you know a lot. Mm-hmm. But other people who are in grief and who are dealing with a loss mm-hmm. are not going to know. And that's no. when those predator type people who come in also, because that's the other thing that you exactly. you learned yes. was absolutely true, yeah. was so many in fact you never did give me any of those letters oh i yeah. told i was like please let me call those yeah. Uh, yeah i was like please let me call them and find out what they have to say yeah um because that was the initial thing that we were bringing out to state right. attorneys uh was that their clients are being preyed on oh they absolutely and if someone's are. receiving letters like that i can imagine the fear factor and the stress right. level that goes through the roof these letters are are very intimidating and oh. then of course when you call which I did. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I know I know how to play the game, and yeah. I called, and I, and and the first thing that that was amusing to me is they're like, well, um, you need to give us the death certificate, the will, you know, we need all these documents from you, and uh, and I like, well, I, I just want to pay it off. They're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we won't let you pay it off until we get all this because we need to know that we can actually give you the information to pay it off, which which turned out to be a fiasco actually. Mm-hmm. Um, getting. Um, getting this company who also happened to sell the loan right at the same time they're sending all these threatening letters so we have an old lender a new lender the old lender didn't give the documents to the new lender the new lender would not talk to me wouldn't even give me the new loan number until i provided them letters testamentary death certificate this is why all that information and um and so even then i sent it i don't know how many times five minimum of five times you know, of course, then you're you're dealing with the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Ah, we didn't get it. Send it again. You know, we'll get back to you in two, 48 oh, hours. Our optical imaging right, right, device right. isn't well, functioning correctly while people are out right. in the office and COVID. So, so on the one side, it's like, I need to get a payoff so we can pay this off. And the other side mm-hmm. is saying, you need to pay us off or we're going to foreclose on you. Right. You know, this is your, your, your classic bureaucracy, yeah. you know mess or but, cluster right well, whatever well, term you want to use. use for it uh, but uh, the reason i bring this up is is that you know many of you out there might have a reverse mortgage or might mm-hmm. be thinking about a reverse mortgage which is fine it, it actually if used yeah. properly it's a great great right tool. and that's why you guys had it yeah exactly however be prepared because the minute your 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 borrower moves out of the property mm-hmm. or passes away you got to pay that thing off yes. so you either need to be prepared to to pay it off, to sell the home, or to mm-hmm. refinance, you know, the mortgage into a, a traditional mortgage, uh, because you're going to need to do it very, very quickly. Right. And right after, you know, someone's passing is nobody is at their best and is no. not the, the the right 
you know, the, uh, an optimal time to be dealing with that. So I, I just bring it up because mm-hmm. if, if this is something that's maybe, you know, you might be facing in the near future, um, you know, this, you know, maybe your situation's inevitable, mm-hmm. you know, plan or that maybe out. you have that reverse mortgage and you should talk to your family members ahead of time exactly about what to do what are the plans? at that time, mm-hmm. because it is really, really right. important that is those there, conversations be done. Absolutely. Is there a family member that mm-hmm. wants, that's interested in this home? If so, let's get them, get them pre-approved or whatever needs to be done for that. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring up also with that, you know, when, when you're buying a home from a family member. Um, you know, the owner of that home can gift you equity. Yes, and, we did that with a client. Down payment. Yeah. So we did that with down payment and closing costs. And for lots a of times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so a person can actually buy a home from a relative to, if there's enough equity, zero down, mm-hmm. because the down payment is technically a gift of equity. Yes. And uh, and then you get the the best loan terms and and, and circumstances, you know, for that yeah. for that mortgage. So so these are things just to be kind of heads up, you know, that mm-hmm. that. Um, you'll be amazed at how quickly you start getting things like Mm -hmm. this. And yeah, the, the, the vultures were circling, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with the real estate agents, handwritten notes, mail notes, multiple letters and things. Um, Not only from real estate. Fake handwritten ones. Oh yeah. The fake. Yeah. They're pre-printed, but they Mm -hmm. look handwritten. But they print them in color. Right. So they look like they're real. And the property flippers, you know, Mm -hmm. they're in on that game too. Big time. Dude, they've been doing that for decades. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Decades. You know, because they figure uh, one was was. Do you know the first person I moved here with that he and I dated at one point? Mm -hmm. That these reasons are part of why he and I broke up. Even before I was in real estate, I was so disgusted by someone preying on. I mean, no, seriously. When he told me that he was going, he was following death records. Yeah. And then going after those families. I was 21 years old and I was disgusted. Creepy. No, I was 23 at the time, but I was still. I was disgusted. It's not cool. It's, it's not really, cool. It's really not cool. Um, there was one that said, well, we have a formula, you know, so we're going to look at your home and then we're going to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. what it's going to cost to do our renovations. And mm-hmm. then we're going to factor in our profit mm-hmm. margin on top of that. Yeah. And so they try and get it for 40% of what it's actually worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so at least they were upfront about that, mm-hmm. you know, but um, no, you really need to be kind of eyes open because, you know, again, a person, maybe they're not at their best, you know, after someone's passing, um, Boy, it's so they're mm-hmm. they're gonna get they're gonna get approached, you know, by yeah. multiple multiple people. Yeah. The other thing I want to bring up, there was a bunch of fun, interesting little things that came up during your dad's. Well, one of them, sale. yeah. I, I, I thought this was interesting. You, I think you texted me at one point. Hey, the water's running in the tub. Yes. And um, yeah, well, because they had taken some, uh, the people who were purchasing it took in some contractors. So thank you for letting them have access. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, hey, there's a water leak in the tub. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the faucet, the faucet yeah, it wouldn't running. turn off. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't turn off. Mm-hmm. And so the house is 1936. Mm-hmm. I know these faucets mm-hmm. inside and out. Yeah. And um, so I thought, oh, I'll just run up there. Yeah. So, so I ran up there with my tools and everything, and I, I rebuilt the, the faucets, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if you know how to do it, it's it's not that big of a big yeah, of a deal. If you don't know how, so it's, not me. it's like <laughs> yeah, a little, little different. I'll be but hiring someone. Anyway. So, so I, I, I get those rebuilt and then the first thing I, I check is the hot water heater because mm-hmm. any, because what these folks did is they turned the water off to the house. Yes. They turned off. Yes. So because the faucet was the running, they turned off the main. And, uh, so I went down to look at the hot, I was going to flip. Well, the, the main shut off in the house, in the house. not at the yeah, street. The main, main yeah. shut off in the house. In the house. So you got no water running through the house. Mm-hmm. They didn't turn off the hot water heater. Yeah. You don't, you, you, anytime you turn off the main 
water flow in your house, you go to your breaker box, you turn off the, the breaker switch for the mm -hmm. hot water heater. Another good reason to label right. your panel. <laughs> because Yes, that's true. Although there should be a little light on the most hot water heaters, new ones at least. Just saying. But if you don't do that, you might have a hot water heater that's half full, quarter full, eighth mm -hmm. full of water. It's not probably full to the top because there's a you know you turned off your main uh, water supply. That thing is a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And um, and if it's if it's working properly, it will shut itself down. And in the case of this one, it it tripped the breaker, mm -hmm. so it shut itself off. Thankfully. But tripping the breaker is not good. That's not a good thing. That means that you know the, you were stressing those circuits. It wouldn't yeah. just trip on its own. So I, I mentioned that to you, and I, I mentioned it to our listeners because if you're turning your water off, mm -hmm. flip the breaker on your hot water heater. You don't want one of those things going off on you. Can I? Can like I? Like a bomb. Can I get just a little real with our listeners? He kind of went off on me a little bit, like a bomb. I did not. <laughs> well, you did it. In a, Okay. Not against you. you. Had, I know. I know, but it was hilarious. No, because but I said whoever I, worked in there was, was a an moron idiot. or something yeah, like that. And so, idiot. like, yeah, but anyway, so you, I could look the text up. Let's not make me go the exact words. I think but there anyway, expletives in there. It was pretty good. Uh, no, you didn't have point. expletives, but you don't have to swear to have it be obvious that someone's <laughs> really ticked off. And so I was like, oh. Uh, and then I was responding to you because I'm like, uh, in all honesty, I didn't know that, you know, so. It, well, well, no, no, no. So I'll, I didn't call you an idiot. No, I know. <laughs> but if I had been in that other person's shoes, yeah. I too would not have known ah, to yeah. go to the breaker panel. Well, so I'm going to, we're going to educate. That's, that's it. We are. And we're going to educate you some more as soon as we get back from these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba trying to not be, you know, still distressed about that text message you sent me. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but seriously, I do want to finish up the little comment about that because, yes, you sent me. You were like, whoever that was was an idiot or whatever terminology yeah. you used. Yeah. But because then I had to pass along the message yeah and i certainly wasn't Did you gonna cut be... and paste my text no i no i'm nicer than that <laughs> like you might not believe that but i'm because i didn't know who had done it i didn't know if it was the contractor there i didn't know if right. it was the agent i didn't know who had done it yeah right and so um so i sent a slightly nicer message to the agent and I'll tell you what, he, as soon as he read that, because I didn't hear anything immediately, and then a little while later, he calls me back, and I was like, oh, he must have read the text. Uh -oh. And it, he gets on the phone, he's like, I, I didn't know, I didn't, is that a thing? I didn't know you needed to, he's like, I've never had to do that before. I'm like, well, maybe you just don't know. I said, because in the meantime, during the time I forwarded my message to him, or sent my message to him after yeah. seeing yours, because I told you, I'm like, I wouldn't have known to go through the breaker mm. and turn it off. And so I was like, is that just something for like that specific kind or what? And so I start looking online Yeah. and, and I found a few plumbing websites that did talk about that because mm. not every single one of them does. There's a lot of tutorials. Cause I'm just going to say listeners, 
everything that's on the web doesn't always tell you everything you need. No, right? that's for sure. And so I found plenty of, uh, I, I got to tell you, I looked at like 20 different sites and a large number of them were just like, here's how you turn off a hot water heater if you're about to do some like servicing on it and things mm-hmm. like that. But in sure. our situation, this is what's also, I think, important for our listeners. Part of the reason this was an issue is that your dad's place was vacant. It was vacant. Yeah. Right? What if something goes wrong? Right. And so as I was reading more of these and I started realizing like, how much risk have I left my house? Because I leave to like go on my boat sometimes for several days. Mm-hmm. And it was suggesting turn it off even if you're out of town, you know, like kind of thing. Like oh. shut off your main, but then, and then that means I, go check your water heater because if you're out of town for several days, something could rupture and then your house is. I, I do if I go on vacation. Wrecked. I've never done that. Oh, I do. No yeah. one's ever told me to do that, Eric. Oh. Yeah, I mean, if you think about... I mean, I don't mean to sound like an idiot myself, but I mean, no one's ever given me that tutorial. No one's ever said, do this. I've even done in in the wintertime, you know, you worry about your pipes freezing. Well, no, I know in the wintertime, but how did you learn? Was it because like your dad taught you? Yeah, I guess so. I I just kind of knew it. Um, so okay, you didn't just know it. Well, it didn't like suddenly I no, I think it was show prob- up in your brain. Probably my dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, see, I started buying all my houses out here, and all my family lives far away. And I, yeah. I've, I've been a single woman homeowner numerous times, yeah. and and no one has ever shared that kind of information. I also have a friend who's an insurance agent, and you know, he's he's mm-hmm. shown me pictures of when those those hot water heaters go off. You know, if mm-hmm. there's a reason you want to replace a hot water heater after a certain amount of time. Yes. You know, if you think about it, like if the bottom rusts out mm-hmm. or something. Oh, or yeah. You've got a, you've I know got, about the damage those cause. So, so here's what happens, though. You get a leak. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that heater gets drained, you know, mm-hmm. down a little bit. And it's like a teapot. You know, things going to cook. You get steam builds up. Yeah. The bottom gives out. You know, he had a picture. One went through uh, the roof of a house. Now, that is a rare instance. It is. I have seen it. Is. But it, it and, has and, to be and, something that's super, super old and also not exactly. well maintained. Exactly. However, it's not without the risk but modern yeah and modern ones have have things like tripping a breaker you mm-hmm. know which which is what right. they're supposed to do but there's there's a lot of panels still out there i'm just gonna mention oh zinsco zinsco and, and federal pacific uh-huh. i've had just this last 12 months we've had five homes that we've sold that had federal pacific panels right and they and those have a problem with the don't. insulation on the breakers because yeah. they're ancient they're all many decades old at least mm-hmm. 50 years old yeah they don't always trip they don't always trip to. and there's no replacement parts for them so mm-hmm. all of those panels that are out there have very old breakers in them right and yes. so we've we've actually had Definitely a few worth replacing yeah, yes for sure absolutely yeah absolutely in fact um yeah, one of our recent sales just in February closing was mm-hmm. was one of those. Yeah, and yeah. you know and it was so funny because the homeowners they've lived there fifty years, and they were so cute because they're like, we never had a problem. We're like, yeah, well, because it's younger than you. <laughs> There's that, right? It was brand new when yeah, you got exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, things are different so, now. And, now know, it's old. About power load. You know, you did. You're, we're running a lot of stuff these days. Yeah. So, you know, well, and that's a, a big power. part of it. Yeah, we're yeah. putting a lot more onto our houses. Totally and, are. So yeah. yeah. In fact, um, I'm going to make some suggestions because we were going to talk about on this show a lot of like seller tips and prep and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Because there's um, like we've mentioned with my team, we're now doing a um, some tiered pricing on listings mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so, you know, we're paying attention to even a lot of these topics you and I have on the show because we're constantly educating people. I'm now going to add to my list that, hey, if you're not going to be living in your house, here's some 
good yeah. recommendations. Might want to, you know, because here's the other thing. I, I maybe this is why it hasn't come up. I have regularly recommended to my selling clients that if they're not going to be living in the home when it's for sale, that they make sure to call their insurance company mm-hmm. to see if there's any recommendations that they have. Absolutely. And also if there's any restrictions. Right. Uh, because when we have Gail Wilfringer on from First Mark Insurance again, we should ask her about some of this stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, because, you know, you mentioned blown pipes. My mom had a client back in the Midwest who was out of his property in the wintertime. Um, and it took six months for this place to sell. Wasn't thinking about his winterization that mm-hmm. he normally would do. Sure enough, his pipes burst. Mm-hmm. Just all the hardwood floors, oh, yeah. completely oh, massive damage, massive right. damage, drywall, all of that. And he wasn't covered because his insurance company said, you didn't notify us. We do have a time limit and you abandoned the property. So we're not covering the damage. Oh, that's and scary. some some insurance companies have a time limit that you yeah. can have a property empty either before they change the type of coverage or before they drop coverage entirely. And it's not across the board the same. So you have to go yeah. and ask. And we sure. usually ask people to call their insurance companies, see one, if they have any restrictions of that type, as well as are there any other issues about the fact that, you know, you'll have people coming through, any other, like, do they require a rider? Because you'd be surprised. There's some stuff like that out there. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, there's a few things, even just kind of maintenance things, your washer and your dryer, mm-hmm. well, your washing machine, I guess, um, the, 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 the hoses that run from yes. the wall to dishwashers, the dishwashers, mine, mine, you know, peed its pants here, not too terribly long ago. And oh, I had to, God, had to fix that one. Um, you know, on my so, water. Oh, incidentally, <laughs> that's actually, that's, uh, I've been waiting for a new dishwasher for almost two months. How come? There is a chip shortage, and I don't know if you heard about this, but there like a is semiconductor a semiconductor chip. Semiconductor chip. There is not a, factory, a bunch of guys named Chip. No, there is a factory. <laughs> <Not> potato chips <laughs> in Japan that burned to the ground, and it was a primary chip maker oh. for appliances, automobiles. Oh my! Small electronics, and there is a worldwide shortage of chips right now, and I've literally been waiting for almost two months now for a dishwasher. I was not aware. So um, that's something that, in fact, a GM just came out their their fuel management systems mm-hmm. on new cars. They've curtailed certain okay. systems because you don't have the chips. Uh, but anyway, uh, but but your your hoses to your washing machine, yep. your, you know, your dishwasher. And by the way, a lot of do-it-yourself projects out there, you're using the wrong kinds of hoses and connectors. Yeah. Uh, seriously, we've run into this oh, yeah. so many times recently. It's been um, kind of nightmarish. Mm. Um, speaking of maintenance on uh, appliances, mm-hmm. I haven't done this in a long time. I'm going to do a plug, um, especially for scholarships and support of Renton Technical College. Oh, yeah. They have what's called the MART program, the uh, major Appliance Repair Technician Program, mm-hmm. which is a very expensive program to run because they have to have all these tools and equipment for the um, technicians to work yeah, on. Yeah. Um, we are definitely looking for more opportunities for scholarships because, as you know, finding people who can do those repairs, mm-hmm. there's not enough people going into the field. And part of it is whether or not sometimes the students can get through the program, yeah. you know, with where they're at. So um, just wanted to put that out there. We just had our 80th anniversary at Renton Technical College. So congrats to everybody there and uh, to Dr. Kevin McCarthy, the president of the school and uh, our executive director, Carrie Bradshaw. There you go. 
Well, there you go, folks. Thanks again for listening in. Another episode of Open House with Team Reba. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. Proceeding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.